I'm Lauren Sega, Manager of Communications for Homeport, a nonprofit affordable housing developer in Central Ohio. We're in one of the fastest growing areas in the country, and while we've seen the growth, we've felt the pains that come along with it, especially when it comes to housing all of us and our incoming neighbors. Each month, we're interviewing local experts on the issues, the barriers, and the solutions around housing and development, hoping to shed some light on how we got where we are and what we can do to create a future that houses everyone. This is Level With Us. From discriminatory interest rates and mortgage options to restricted deeds and redlining, housing opportunities for black and brown families have been historically limited. While we've seen policies change, particularly with the Fair Housing Act of 1968, there remains a disparity in the number of black and brown homeowners versus the number of white homeowners, in large part due to a lack of access to information and an understandable lack of trust in financial institutions. Here's where Convergence Columbus comes in. Convergence is a cross-sector partnership and multi-year initiative to increase Black and minority homeownership. They're tackling the barriers by performing outreach with information, mending the trust gap, maximizing awareness of and access to resources, and developing strategies for addressing housing inventory challenges. This month, I had the opportunity to talk with Ana Kasongo, Director of Convergence. I also spoke with Netta Whitman, Director of Home Advisory Services for Homeport. Together, we discuss the causes behind the racial disparity in homeownership, the common misconceptions about the home buying process that are prevalent in black and minority communities, and we did a dive on how Convergence is facilitating change. Let's lay the foundation. A lot of the work that I'm doing is, you know, relationship building. This is Ana Te Kosongo. Along with her work at Convergence, she is Director of Community Partnerships at the Affordable Housing Alliance of Central Ohio. Her role at both is to make connections and bring people to the table to advance the mission of each organization. So if people, I find that especially in the housing industry, everybody operates in their sector. They're experts at their part, their piece of the puzzle. Um, but there, there may be a lot of unawareness about, you know, what other areas of the industry are doing. So a great, a huge part of my role is bridging, bridging that gap and help, and you know, creating a table for people to have intentional conversations about how to increase Black and minority homeownership, how to create uh, mortgage loan products that deal with a lot of the barriers to entry that many people face when they're trying to get their first home. Um, people who are interested in, you know, fraud prevention and um, foreclosure prevention and want to engage with other partners to create those type of programs for their clients. So it really, my job, I would say I am a relationship builder and I pride myself on being able to, you know, create the table, create the settings um, that people feel comfortable to join in and have really in-depth conversations about finding sustainable solutions. So you're kind of like the, the backbone of Convergence. You're like the main convener. I would bringing... say yes, I am the convener of Convergence. I love yeah, that. Yeah. I will take that. Yeah, you just take it. Yeah, that's yes. great. Um, can you, let's level set here. Um, 
for people who don't know, who mm -hmm. aren't as tapped in as maybe you or I, can we talk about what the state is of black and minority home ownership here in Central Ohio? We found that throughout history, you know, let's start um, prior to 1968 with the passing of the Fair Housing Act. Uh, we found that the homeownership gap between white homeownership and black homeownership was at roughly 24 percent. Um, this is prior to you know, intentional policy that addressed redlining and other um, housing discrimination issues. And then over the years, you know, okay, that the act was passed, and then we have more intentional programs on the policy side, on the advocacy side, on the grassroots side to create fair housing, um, fair housing interventions. We would expect that the home ownership gap would start to dwindle. But the reality is, by 2019, the home ownership gap between black households and white households had increased to 31% as percentage point gap. So what does that mean? Why aren't these policies working? Why aren't they rectifying the issues? And instead, it seems to widen. That gap seems to widen. So Convergence strongly believes that if we do not have intentional conversations, intentional programs to deal with a lot of the barriers to entry, the aftermath of redlining practices, if we're not intentional about it, that, cap, that gap will continue to widen. Well, I'm curious then, what, what can you tell me more about this aftermath of, mm -hmm. of those policies? So you find that um, specifically the, the aftermath of redlining was severely divested communities. And those communities were predominantly black and brown. So you found industries left, uh, grocery stores left, um, banks were not, you know, circulating money in those areas. And even when, you know, the Fair Housing Act was passed and we see banks and corporate um, community reinvestment acts to make sure that they are serving the communities uh, that they reside, that they do business with, um, you're not going to undo centuries of divestment within a, a matter of 10, uh, 20, or even 30 years. You know, you find that um, these severely divested communities are still facing a lot of, um, well, you find that in many divested communities, there's an increase of crime. There's a decrease of accessibility to you know, major social services. Um, the school districts are struggling because there has been an intentional, um, intentional uh, programs to make sure that these areas do not do not prosper. Some communities find home ownership to be a pipe dream because they've never seen it in their generation or generations prior. You know, if you don't come from a household where you have a tangible conversation about home ownership and its benefits, both financially, stability-wise, uh, what the benefit would be to the community, um, you grow up thinking that home ownership is accessible and is something that is uh, more than just a dream for other people, but not for me because I've never seen it in practice. So we are actively fighting, you know, those um, um, preconceived notions, and they're not baseless. Again, there is well, one thing that Convergence recognizes: there is a trust gap. Uh, you find that many Black and Brown uh, and minority communities do not trust financial institutions because of that harmful history, and therefore, um, when you come to them saying homeownership is accessible, the first question is how? Not for me. I, you know, I've been historically left out of the conversation. Now you're telling me that I'm able to, you know, make this a reality for my family and generations to come. So there's a trust gap. Like, who do I go to? Who are my trusted advisors that can help me along that path? There's also an information gap. 
The number one, I think, is that you have to have perfect credit. This is Netta Whitman. Along with her role as Director of Housing Advisory Services for Homeport, she represents Homeport as a member of Convergence. She's been with Homeport for 20 years and has helped people avoid foreclosure and now supports our team of counselors to provide education to prospective home buyers. No one has perfect credit. We want to try to minimize the barriers to credit as we can, but it does not have to be perfect. Or that you need a ton of money, you know, 20% of whatever the purchase price is that you're, you're for the house you want. And that's not necessarily true. There are other products that you can get into with much less of a down payment or fewer restrictions uh, on the closing costs. But there's also help if that's what you need to be able to get there. Um, I think the most important part of the journey, if you're really interested, is just getting started. You know, getting started, talking to someone, understanding what the facts really are, and not just on kind of these myths or what you believe is actually going to be the case. Because in most cases, it's not. And now it's time to level up. In October of 2023, the Affordable Housing Alliance of Central Ohio released their Finding Home in the Heart of It All report. It examined the state of housing insecurity and what we can achieve if we act now to solve it. It detailed how expanding access to quality, stable housing could extend life expectancies and address our infant mortality rate, as well as make our communities wealthier, healthier, and smarter. So big picture, how can increasing black and minority homeownership affect and improve our community at large? So um, it's a great question because I find a lot of people don't fully understand the impact that spending more than 30% of your income on a home, what impact that has towards your health, your economic prosperity outcomes, um, even your school system, you know, what, how your children are able to thrive or not thrive in the classroom. Because we find that if you spend more than 30% of your income on rent or on your mortgage. Now there's a trade-off. You are foregoing uh, paying for medication or foregoing you know, spending enough money on your car to fix it up or foregoing your savings because your fundamental basic necessity of shelter is taking up a large chunk of your money. So what we found for specifically uh, black homeownership, uh, finding home in the heart of the all, uh, with the data they collected and the assessment that, that we did, found that if we reduce the housing cost burden in half, by 2024, over 6,000 black renters would have enough in savings to afford their first home. And that's huge. That's 6,000 more people who are homeowners who have unlocked the keys to um, creating generational wealth, financial stability, a place to call home that their children and grandchildren can come back to, um, and also an investment that's, that has a lot of bigger, you know, benefits for their quality of life. That's 6,000 more people that will now have a chance. Yeah, and that's 6,000 people who are no longer sending money potentially out of the neighborhood to their right. landlords. Exactly. You find more civic engagement 
<clears throat> when you are a homeowner because it's more you're literally investing in your community talking about you know the history of redlining as people left these neighborhoods they took their money with them they took their equity with them and therefore they took resources away from communities that really needed them if you buy your home and if you buy your home you're not only investing um tangible dollars to the property the property value tangible dollars to uh the the neighborhood but also to the school district also to you're also um uh, creating an environment that's more uh attractive to business uh to new industry in your neighborhood so if you think of homeownership as bigger than yourself uh, you look at your neighborhood and you say you know i wish things were better i wish um we had more resources here. A great way to, to, to bring more resources is through is through homeownership. To help demystify the home buying process, Convergence has developed Bloom 614, a free online tool found at bloom614.org. Let's talk about Bloom 614. The great thing about Bloom is that there's gonna be an actual journey map. So starting from, I've never even thought about homeownership, so why should I care? all the way to I have a home, but I have, I'm having a hard time maintaining it. There are resources all along that journey, um, all along that map to help people at different stages of their home buying process. A lot of what Bloom does is what you would get from Netta or another housing advisor at Homeport, a step-by-step -step guide to purchasing a home and maintaining ownership once you've closed. The information you could get if you're sitting down in front of a housing advisor, mm -hmm. but not everyone will want to or need to get the information the same way. So I think it just provides another option for folks um, or even an introduction. So a lot of times it's very intimidating to jump right into the process, not knowing really what to expect. And I think the website helps you to really understand what you're about to get into and then helps you get kind of into that mindset. Even if it's doing some background work before you go talk to a housing advisor, now you kind of know what it is that you should be expecting. So what that means is if you have bad credit, low credit, um, uh, what you call it, a history of collections or a history of not paying your student loans, whatever the barriers have been in the past for you to uh, get a mortgage, this program basically provides a custom-made virtual coaching ex uh, experience. Homeport is one of our, part our partner housing counselors um, that basically give you wraparound support to get you back on track or to a better place. Um, you know, credit-wise or debt-wise, so that lenders can now, you know, issue you a mortgage loan. So we find that if people try to DIY repairing their credit, it takes a longer time. But the Home Buyer Readiness Program, you know, in a matter of five months or less, you are able to get that hands-on support to, re you know, to, to work with your credit issues. It's about really making a difference and being able to do what will impact your score or your situation right this second. So there are some local lenders that have signed on and they are providing the referrals for folks that maybe came in to apply for a mortgage, couldn't be approved right now. So it's not a no, but it's a not yet. 
and then they're referring them to the housing advisors to work with them but we're getting a little more knowledge than they said no you know we're but they said no for why like what is what is kind of the point behind it so that we can be specific in that counseling to make sure that we get you to where you need to be right so if your credit is needs some work you can yes. work on that or if you need such and such amount in your savings you can work right on that. so that we can be more intentional and not just this is the ballpark that you should be it's like no this is specific to what you need to work on there is a down payment matching tool on the website. So you put in like your general criteria, you know, I want a home in Franklin County. I'm a household of two that makes maybe $40,000 a year. What's available for me in the form of down payment assistance? And it will literally spit out results of all the programs you qualify for regionally and locally uh, to provide that down payment assistance for your first home. Um, the other tool that we have is an ability to shop your lender or shop your real estate agent. And all the, all the practitioners that we have on the website have not only pledged that they support the mission of Bloom 614 and support the mission of Convergence, but they also um, are willing, ready, and able to take inquiries and help you, you know, start your home buying journey. So that also is a powerful tool. We have a glossary on there, because again, there's a lot of acronyms, there's a lot of abbreviate, there's a lot going on <laughs> when it comes to the terminology around this field. We have a, a hands-on, comprehensive glossary, so you, you really understand what you're walking into. And ultimately, the spirit of Bloom is to be approachable, is to have honest conversations. We even have a, a, a part of the page dedicated to the, the, the history of housing discrimination. So what is our history and how is Convergence, or specifically how is Bloom, trying to help people reclaim that history? We do not shy away from that history. And in fact, when you talk to our um, financial institution partners or our realtors, they are also equipped with understanding the history and having honest conversations, not trying to shy away and sweep under the rug centuries of you know um, past harms, but how can we understand the history, be empowered by it, so that we can make you know uh, we can be more intentional moving forward to help empower people towards you know homeownership. But on a broader scale, I still believe that it needs to be so much bigger to erase all the years of all the things that was done. You know, having these restrictions built into restrictive covenants for neighborhoods, those things are still there. Um, they're not enforced in the same way that they were, say, in the past. But the fact that you could read a covenant for a neighborhood and still see those things there it just helps it helps us to understand this is why we do what we do so that we can make home ownership available to anyone that wants it regardless of race this program the bloom 614 the down payment assistance, all those things are really helping folks to be able to exercise their choices in what type of house, what type of loan, where, you know, what location am I trying to be in. I think it's really all about that choice. And there could be others that want to do that, 
and that's really great and there's programs out there to assist them but those that don't want to should not be left out or excluded as netta said closing the home ownership gap is going to take broader sweeping changes meaning all voices are needed at the table as its name suggests convergence much like this podcast is an effort to raise awareness engage community stakeholders and facilitate these changes with direct input from not just housing industry professionals and financial institutions but everyday people who can offer a unique perspective to the issue so we right now have about 150 members and that's just in Convergence Columbus. So Convergence actually started um, in uh, Tennessee, in Memphis, uh, through the Mortgage Bankers Association and the Tennessee Housing Agency. Um, they really wanted to answer the problem of why are we seeing low rates of black and minority homeownership. So it started off as a project and a concept and then it blossomed into what it is now, which is a coalition. Started off in Memphis, Columbus started, uh, so that was in 2020, uh, Columbus, uh, which is Colum the Columbus chapter, I would say, and the Affordable Housing Alliance uh, started in 2021. And our latest sister city is Convergence Philadelphia that started March of this year. So the way I describe Convergence, it's a movement. It's a unique movement because I don't know if I've seen so many different partners from different parts of the industry. You have even research institutions. We work with the Ohio State University, uh, the John Glenn um, School of Public Affairs, uh, we also work with grassroots organizations and other nonprofits, developers. Everybody who cares <laughs> has a seat at the table, but the table is, is not even, there's still seats left at the table. And I'm so excited when I hear of new partnerships and new people who want to join in the conversation uh, to basically uh, make homeownership more tangible. Well, the issue is just becoming so, um, so prevalent. Right. I mean, you, you're you're seeing the housing crisis in real time everywhere you go, mm -hmm. and so more people are looking around, being like, "How? What do I do? Right, right. <laughs> How do I become a part of this?" Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And it can be scary. Um, and I think a huge part of the the hill we're trying to climb over is how to make it less scary. You know. Uh, we really are partners in all of this, and we really want to work with the communities that we are serving. We do not want a top-down approach. We don't want to make it seem like we know better. We have done our research, you know, we have the reports, we've done our research, but we don't want to, we don't want to exist in an echo chamber. So if you who are listening to this, you know, really want to join in, you also have a seat at the table that has your name on it because if you have an ear to the community that we don't already have or you have a different perspective that's not already in our conversations, we want you there because we really want to make sure we're doing good work that is uh, actually sustainable. Again, I, I am talking about the affordable housing crisis because it is, but we also got to look at the good amidst the bad. So the good news is that Franklin County has gotten stronger in the last six years. Despite a pandemic, despite economic downturns, and despite continued population growth. But 1,000 fewer people are severely cost burdened than before. That's great news. That's a success that's attributable to the targeted actions from the city and county commissioners. However, we know that these solutions are starting to work and now it's time to kick up our gears. Because the thing too is, we are seeing an uptick. We are seeing recovery. We are seeing industries getting back to normal or at least close enough to it. But if we're not intentional, 
we're just going to lose all the progress, all the traction that we have gained over the past three years of the pandemic. Um, so I think that's what I want to leave people with. Uh, I want to leave you with a sense of urgency to join in on the conversations wherever you can. It doesn't have to be convergence. It doesn't have to be a hako. It should, but <laughs> but I want to create a sense of urgency because, you know, the prosperity of our neighborhoods, the prosperity of our region depends on it. And again, we do not want to operate in an echo chamber. We do not want to just have the same ideas circulating. Your voice matters and what you have to bring to the table also matters. So yeah, join in and let's let's find tangible solutions to rectifying the racial wealth gap, but also increasing homeownership in, in Ohio. And now we break for a side quest. Do you mind if I ask you a few personal questions? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Where'd you grow up? I actually grew up in Ghana, okay. uh, West Africa. So I came to the U.S. when I was 18 to go to college. I really wanted to explore the world. So I went to Denison University, and that's, that's what started everything. <laughs> and now here we are. Here we are, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, where did you and your family spend the most time at home? Um... I would definitely say the kitchen. You know, my mom is a good cook, and I, I like to think I learned a little bit from her. Um, but also, my father had a mango farm. Yes, That's uh, amazing. a huge mango farm, and he would, you know, harvest the mangoes and sell them to juice companies in Ghana. But just spending time with him, you know, under the sun. Uh, I do not have a green thumb at all. It kind of <laughs> skipped me and my brother. <laughs> I don't know why. But yeah, our mango farm does have a lot of fond memories. We also uh, grew other, you know, fruits like passion fruit is my favorite. But yeah, I'll say the kitchen of the farm. Yeah, I yeah. found the kitchen is like a really popular spot to convene for a lot of families. Right, right. It's just a, a natural place. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, you want to share one of your recipes or what? Oh, so <laughs> I do make a mean jollof rice. Mm. And I will say this for those who are African, I make a mean Ghanaian jollof rice because it's the best jollof rice out there. <laughs> anyway, what is jollof? Jollof is a spicy tomato-based rice dish. Uh, so it's known by its orange color. You could add vegetables or meat to it. You can make it as spicy or as mild as you want. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I've heard that mine can even, you know, beat some of uh, these restaurants out here. So. You didn't see it, but she did a hair flip. <laughs> just, a, just a slight hair flip. <laughs> so yeah, I make a mean Ghanaian yeah. jollof rice. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah. Are you currently reading anything or listening? Uh, so definitely The Color of Law, just for my, I'm a, I'm a history buff, so mm -hmm. I love learning more, and I just love how that book really is unapologetic about the history of this country, but also not in a way that's defeatist, but in a way of now that we know what we know, what can we do with this? Um, I also recently, uh, Park National Bank had uh, a celebration of these two authors who are really doing great work in um, the world of like black community empowerment. So I'm reading their books. So I, I mean, honestly, I wish I had more time <laughs> right. to read. Like, really those, those three books are staring at me. I'm staring at them. But yeah, they're on my bucket list when things are a little bit more calm. Yeah. 
yeah. right? I wonder how people get so much done the same amount of hours in the day that I do, yeah. but they seem to accomplish so I don't much know more. Either, but the thing is, I need, I think I, that's why I need to go more into audiobooks. That's right. Just so it's playing in the background. Uh-huh. But the thing is, my problem is, will I remember what I just heard <laughs> if I'm trying to multitask? But yeah. Anyway. If you're on a road trip, maybe. Yeah. But then you want to listen to music. So. Right, 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 <laughs> right. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll fit it in when we can. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me. This is a great conversation. You. Thank you, Lauren. Yeah. I hope to connect again yes. soon. Yes. Thank you. Have a good one. Level With Us is brought to you by Homeport and is recorded, mixed, and edited by Lauren Sega. All sources are in the show notes. Homeport creates strong communities by developing quality, affordable homes on a cornerstone of dignity, security, and opportunity. To learn more, or if you'd like to support our mission, visit us at homeportohio.org.